HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Hot Dish Productions, an award-winning modern culinary production company. Learn more at hotdishproductions.com. Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt. And I'm here today with Chris Bianco, who is generally considered to be the poster boy of the artisan pizza movement. Chris and I met a while back, maybe 20, 25 years ago, and he was just kind of emerging as a guy who had redefined what pizza can be and what it can mean to people. And since then has become the guy who's established the benchmark that other great pizzerias and pizza operators have aspired to. Chris is thoughtful. He, he's... He's uh, unfiltered. He's he's a guy who just thinks about pizza in a deeper way than most people do. And people love to hear him talk about it. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to hear Chris talk about what pizza means to him and what it can mean to all of us when it's expressed at the highest level. This morning when I was thinking about getting together with you today, I just had this flashback on when we first met, actually, mm-hmm. which was about... 22, 23 years ago in 19, is either 97 or 98. Yeah, I think 97. I think 97. And we baked bread together. We actually baked bread. Yeah, I remember we made the Panantian, the Panantian we made first. That's right. That's right. Which was in some ways very similar to your pizza dough, which was, and and, and one of my students, I was teaching in in San Francisco at the time at the California Culinary Academy, and she knew you. She either had worked for you or had eaten at at Pizzeria Bianco. And I asked her, I said, I'm going to Phoenix for this conference and I need to bake bread for a presentation. Who do I, uh, you know, who can I call? What bakery should I call? And she said, well, there's really not, no really great bread bakeries in Phoenix at the time. Uh, but the best bread in Phoenix is that Pizzeria Bianco. You should call Chris Bianco. Mm-hmm. And you were still, you know, probably known uh, locally, but not so much on any my radar at that time. I didn't have mm-hmm. heard of you. But mm-hmm. I came out there, we made bread together. You showed me what you were doing. And... Yeah. Uh, Little by little, time. I watch you kind of like, you know, start to um, peek out from beyond the Phoenix, uh, you know, yeah. umbrella to uh, more and more people knew about you. And then next time I got together with you was a couple of years later when I came by to uh, sit down with you and talk pizza for uh, American yeah. Pie. And yeah. so my, and, and again, first baking bread with you and having bread that good 
you know, at a rest at a restaurant was already kind of a cool thing. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you were just making it from your pizza dough, right? It was just the pizza. Yeah, dough. that was just. I mean, like anything else, as you saw that setup. I think the one thing about even getting into this, you know, this business, like which I never really saw as a business. I just thought as an expression of, you know, what do you have to offer? And I think, um, you know, growing up in New York, you know, having this little job at a pizzeria after school, you know, seeing it from a perspective of, you know, um, you know, the owners trying the best they can to do with, you know, to take things as far as either what's expected or that they, that they knew. But there were certain things that were always like, you never, you know, you never ordered anything with the pizza in a pizzeria and, you know, bread and dessert was always an afterthought. And definitely if there was a salad on the menu, it was, you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, an afterthought or, or, or at least not as much thought. Yeah. And I, I, I think there was a lot of, when I, when I, um, when I opened the pizzeria, there was a very conscious decision to say, you know, to, to think about, or in any situation, even this one, like doing Zoom, I, I, I was stressing a little bit last couple of days, just about hooking it up. As you know, it took me a few minutes to go on. So I would say, what's in our way? You know, what's, what's in our way? Okay, having to stand for the phone, having the internet work, you know, what's in our way? And I think when, we, when I said we sat in a restaurant, I was never into blind tastings, and I'm still not. I think we've been blessed with senses and, 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 and understanding where our food comes from. And, and uh, I wanted to give people something from the beginning, even the way they were greeted, to how we made them feel. Um, seems much more relevant today um, to uh, how they left the restaurant mm -hmm. and not just waited for this one sublime moment of like, let me just get to the pizza or just the best part of the song or the bridge or the whatever. You know, and I figured that if they were going to have, you know, sit down and, you know, get a heel of bread, you know, with a salad, uh, you know, and make pizza something that it really wasn't so much growing up. Now, we made a beeline for the pizza when I was a kid, and sometimes I still do that. And I, but, but I wanted to give it, um, you know, a, a, um, a totality of its place, just like everything. So I think there's always, uh, uh, maybe now, just having a lot of time to think, you know, a lot of metaphors and not experience as well. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing that was so striking, number one, the fact that you were making your own bread at your pizzeria mm -hmm. was way ahead of its time. Because now more and more pizza operators are now making bread. And I think at, at the pizza expos and all the other places where we come together, that notion of encouraging people to make your own bread, you're making, already making the dough, you know, well, that well, that was the thing. That that was the thing. I you know I I. It's funny. I I um. I my partner, my my uh, uh, tomato partner, Rob DiNapoli, who I love dearly. You know, we have this conversation all the time about pizza sauce. Yeah. I'm fine to label something pizza sauce, but as we all know, pizza sauce is pasta sauce, is any other sauce. I mean, as we whether we need higher hydration or we need to tighten it up or, or we need to hammer it through a food mill or we need just hand crush it or we like them whole. Well, bread's the same thing. And I think as you, I think as you, as you dissect it, if we get it honestly, you know, a lot of things are meant to, whether it's in government, whether it's in any, you know, we've been in a lot of goofy meetings and a lot of those meetings in our life were so something at that meeting to be relevant or separate itself as some type of importance. 
And I think a lot of things have separated themselves in a confusing way. Like, like, like grapes are ultimately wine and, and, and dough, like bread, you know, pizza was already bread. You know, if it's flat, you know, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's pizza or it's naan or it's whatever. I mean, but yeah. it's the same. And I think, again, in that metaphor of, of we're all, you know, all bread is create, created equal. What we do with it after that is up to us, how we manipulate it. And I think, well, it isn't that poignant again, we're right about now. So, so yeah. I think all those things to me just made sense. And then, you know, the timing is everything. I had my brother, Marco, who, um, you know, my brother wasn't a baker. He was, uh, you know, him and my dad had a tiny little art studio in New York. And, you know, like a lot of things that change over time, you know, in the, in the, um, in the late 80s, you know, uh, like little art studios or design studios, people that did things by hand were, were replaced by Adobe Illustrator, by technologies, you know, when mm -hmm. people did it by hand. And that, you know, my dad lost his business in that way. And, you know, my dad was still able to paint and make a living and my brother that did more than you know the the the, the lettering and things like that um was looking for a change and i suckered him into uh come out to phoenix i knew he'd be a great baker much better baker than me because um i was uh i didn't use this analogy before but like he was a kid that um if you gave him a model airplane he'd spent all day on every aspect of the interior of the plane and the engine. And, and I wanted to just slap the wings on and put the stickers on because I knew right. it couldn't fly. Right. And I think that that totality, and that's why he's a better baker than I am, uh, is, is in baking, I think there's a, there's a even though we don't, it, you know, a little bit better than fly, it's important to understand all the things that make it rise and bake properly and whatever. And I, and I was, have jokingly, but not really always say you learn things while you burn things. That, that is true. You know, the, the, the knowledge is in our failures for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's important that, you know, we have some scribes around to make sure that we recognize uh, uh, those and, and calculate them. And, and my brother is now a very maniacal baker where I'm still more <laughs> like, if it's hot, too hot, man, we'll bump it with ice water. We'll do whatever. We'll, you know, we'll figure it out. And, you know, that, that always freaks him out. But I always think of Marco as the sort of the secret weapon that that sort of the yeah. unknown behind the scenes secret weapon of pizza. No doubt, the best yeah. brother a boy could ever have. I'll tell you right now, my big That's brother. Great Marco. that you guys have such complementary you know skills that way too, and 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 then you managed to keep that partnership. The band has not broken up, right? You guys are still working well, together. I think, after you know, that's funny years. you say that. That's funny you say that because um, that's the one thing, if I have anything, that I'm most proud of in my in my life you know obviously it's my family you know um you know the way that you know um my parents gave me that foundation about what's truly important and everything starts here you know gaining the respect of the people that have known you the longest and know who you are you know it doesn't be, it doesn't end there but i think it begins there like you know to kind of to to leapfrog that and get some other type of a claim when 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 you know the respects of of of, of the people that mean most to you uh um is uh, uh altered at best it doesn't seem like it makes sense so i wanted that i wanted that for my brother i wanted that for my family i wanted that for my peers and now the people like you know i look at the original pizzeria i mean you know my manager dave been with me you know 24 years uh 
25 this year. Um, you know, our server Lacho, uh, um, you know, right now he's, uh, uh, you know, he's laid off, you know, but he'll be back as, as soon as he can open all the way. But um, been with me since the day one. His brother Alberto's um, is uh, still with us since the first day. You know, and other people, 26 years, 22 years, 17 years. You know, those those things are. Um, it is always it was always about parts. You know, not the sum. The sum is only you know, like you know, those there's things every day that that that. Uh, that show me what what the importance of the most minuscule you know piece of any puzzle you know the, you know god forbid a plane goes down and you find out a pigeon flying into you know i won't use the f word but finally the the turbine took it down you're like god give me even a screen for that like this, yeah. this you know this massive thing with calculations and things like we couldn't keep a pigeon um you know uh you know out of that from taking down and taking the last people you know, so, so I think it's always like looking at anything, you know, like what will, you know, like look at our world now. You know, we build walls, we build bombs, we build everything, but it just took somebody, you know, sneezing on the wrong person and then being negligent to that in the world somehow or not, you know, obviously, uh, to, to put us in, you know, put the world at its knees and um, take the lives of, in this country, now over 100,000 people around the world more people than most all wars combined, I, I believe. I'm not all the statistics on that, but well, it's okay. getting. If not, yeah, already it's getting there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing how the world can turn on such a on a sneeze, like you said. Um, but when you were talking about you know having these the parts, the people that you've you've just kind of have worked together, it, there's a synergy that does make the the sum is greater than the parts. But you've got to have great parts in order to have this. You know, wonderful sum in the end, and, and right. The sum, the, no, the sum, the sum is definitely greater than the parts, but the, but they're not disconnected. They're not yeah, two separate yeah. entities. You know, well, it's, it's like you know, like all things. You know, like I am of my parts. I am of that thing. You know, no matter with the representation of that. Yeah. But to take the Jenga game of anything apart is only for yeah. it to fall. You know, so. I mean, I, I got that a long time ago and, uh, and now more so than ever. I mean, and we've had some, you know, conversations that I cherish deeply about, you know, our own spirituality um, and, and how we see our mortality, you know. And, and you know, I, I, you know, we talked about I had some challenges as, as a kid with asthma that, that uh, you know, that were scary to me as, a, as growing up and, and that, that kind of brushed with something greater than me. Yeah. You know, was only an incredible life lesson of, of gratitude and humility and um, and not a victim, but but a, a, a lesson. Like if, you, if you're blessed to live through something or around something, what, what do we do with that? And, and um, yeah, it's affected the way I see, you know, everything. Well, I tell you, I mean, I remember when we sat down at, at Pizzeria, you had just opened the, the bar the next door to the pizzeria. Yeah, right. Uh, and we we talked there, you know, before before you had opened that evening, mm -hmm. and uh, for a couple of hours, and probably our conversation that day became the heart and soul of my book because there was a couple of things that to this day I still remember and I and I use them in all my presentations. And one, the first one was 
um, was we, I would, I'd asked you what it is about, you know, your pizzas that, and what, what you've learned from pizza, that what are some of the tips and tricks that you could pass on to other people? And you said, um, you said, well, I think it would be a disservice to say that there are these tips and tricks that you can do that would make you a great pizza maker. He says, I, I, you said, I can teach people my tricks, but I can't teach them to care as much as I care. And then you said, if I could find people who cared as much as me, we can make them a great pizza maker. But, yeah. and, 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 that, and, I, and I've seen that everywhere that I've gone since. And as I went around the country, noticing that this is one of the differentiators of the places that separated themselves from the pack was that there was always a person or people there who just cared more than any. And that's not something that's part of training. That's something that they have to bring with them. They have to have that sense of caring. Well, I think, I think that, one, you, know, you know, you've seen firsthand, you know, around the world that I, I was just never comfortable with, you know, um, I mean, I respect people that have to be very, like back when I was a kid, I mean, there was labels off cans and, you know, you hid your, what you use and everything was a secret. And, you know, a lot of those times, you know, in, in you know, in, in a competitive world, I, I understand the, the impetus of that or the, the beginning of that, you know, almost fear or either you're hiding something or whatever. I just found the transparency set me free personally. You know, I remember when, you know, Alice Waters or Daniel Blue or all these great chefs came to visit. You know, the first thing that I was, you know, I saw them notice is maybe look around the room or look at our shelves or like see this idiot's using this extra person olive oil and everything in a specific or, um, you know, what we, you know, dedicate ourselves to through, you know, through organics, through um, anything that we could that was what supporting local farmers meant. There wasn't a word. It was a, it was a commitment to your bottom line, essentially. So I wasn't an economics major, you know, uh, you know I'm not a, an educated man, but, but I knew that there was a commitment to keep people, that they wouldn't stay with me now almost 38, you know, some of them 30 years, um, because I was nice. I had to make an economic commitment to them. I had to, mm -hmm. like, I always say, if, if, if I don't have it, you know, uh, uh, you know or, if, or if I got it, we all got it. And if I don't have it, you'll probably still get it, but not as much <laughs> as either of us would like. Yeah. You know, so I think, those, those principles of study, um, like I always talk about the totality of, uh, you know, of anything. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, in our, in our soundbite world, as we tweak and confirm or deny the next great or the, or the worst whatever, that we maybe miss the intention, you know, of, of that, you know, of that, you know, minimalism of uh, whether it's a slice of pizza or a bowl of pasta, because you're going to get this you know, ribeye with this salsa verde that on the next course that the table was going to share that you knew would punch them out. And, but they tweeted before and now it's, it, you know, it's it just, it's, there's an unraveling of, of, of a lot of, 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 of things. Anyway, that, you know, going back, I was just like, Hey, if I could show you that I care, or, I, or, yeah. or not even that, if I, if I knew that I care and I welcome to you to like, I would say, you know, love is a word to, explain the inexplicable one in that same way again never more important than now i could send you love letters every day i could send you daisies i can but if i make you feel sick and unwanted mm -hmm. and negative that is the re only reality it's, it's indefensible yeah you know for me not to listen to how i made you feel and i know the way that i felt certain times in my life when it was confusing with people that you know, they went and you were invited on that trip and maybe you got some, maybe you did get that crappy t-shirt that 
was their guilt back. Not that that ever happened to me or whatever, but, but, but there's, there's, there's things in, in, I know in my life that when I, when a customer, I don't even like that word, when a, when a human being walked into our space that I was blessed to, 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 you know, yeah. uh, uh, be part of a food chain, a part of a link of miracles to now stain their, their humanity to do something possibly great in the world. I know I've never been too busy to acknowledge another human being if I, if I saw you in my peripheral. I've never been too busy not to nod. I've never been too busy to blink. I've never been too busy to, to do what I could to make, to, 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 you know, to hear you as a human being. And I think, again, understanding things that are, that are pertinent in our world right now. You know, I didn't have the good stuff for when Peter Reinhardt came in. You know, I, everybody hopefully got the good stuff, the deserving stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. That every, yeah, you, know. it, it, you don't you don't just pull out the special stuff for because yes. this person is special, but everyone has to be special to you. And that was something that also out of that first conversation, uh, one of the, the 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 key takeaways for me was when you talked about you know the the sense that you were doing this because you really wanted to have a relationship. You you made the pieces right out there in front of everybody. You worked out there because the relationships for you were very important. It's what, what was what, in a sense, motivated you to keep doing it. It gave you purpose and meanings to have those relationships. And so when I asked you, uh, well, what is it that you want people to experience when they, when they eat your pizza? And this is the moment I'll never forget when you said, I want them to experience my soul. And the whole room went yeah. quiet. You said that. I was almost in tears and I didn't know what to say. And I, was, and I waited for a, a few seconds before I could come up with anything. And finally I said, well, do they? And you said, you kind of chuckled. You said, do they experience my soul? And I said, yeah. And you said, <laughs> I think sometimes they do. <laughs> and that was it. We couldn't talk yeah. after that. We had to stop yeah. up and we just went and made pizza because where do you go yeah. from there? You know? Yeah. I think, I think, I think, and even clarifying that, even editing my thought years later, you know, um, what I hope, what I hope that, you know, people always see the totality of, of the village that it takes to bring anything. So my soul is actually a collective of souls, you know, and what I mean by that, you yeah. know, it isn't singular, you know, it isn't like, I would say I made nothing in my life. Like you make rain, well, maybe another conversation. But if you don't make rain, you've got help in that process. So you've been part of a process. You know, that's the way I see myself is in that relationship business. If I had, if I had a job title with, you know, I'm in the relationship business. When yeah. any of those relationships are out of kilter, the imbalance is, you know, profound. And yeah. I think, you know, I've always, you know, um, jokingly had a, well, not even jokingly, you like I'm always uncomfortable when somebody says, "Oh, pizza master," or "I'm a pizza master," or, yeah. or some of the, you know, I, I don't see my role in pizza anything further from that perspective because I see, you know, um, that you know, kind of master and subject relationship, and not even beyond the 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 the, the obvious ones, uh, uh, you know, through history, but I, I I mean when we do not see ourselves with most entities that, um, that we are in relationship with, like kind of going back to that pigeon in the plane theory. Um, and then we know we've all had these 
you know, you did everything right. You did everything right. And someday it just didn't rise or someday you didn't plan for everything. And there was 300 people outside and, and you know, and the wood you got was green or, you know, the relate, you know, the, 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 the mastery, the wizardry does not always comply your dominance. Your, your, what's the word of the day. Now I heard uh, on the news was, uh, you know, your, your force or whatever that, you know, uh, dominance, you know, you have to dominate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Stick around for more Pizza Quest after a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Hot Dish Productions, an award-winning modern culinary production company specializing in creative digital video, photography, and podcast production. From concept through post-production, Hot Dish creates and produces compelling food stories that ignite the chef in all. Hot Dish Productions has deep connections to award-winning and celebrity chefs and over 20 years experience. Their team has won both a James Beard Award and an IACP Award for their work in food media. Hot Dish Productions delivers the highest quality product at a fair value. Let them help tell your culinary story today. Explore their work and learn more at hotdishproductions.com. I'm a salt freak for a lot of reasons, but it's, what is that uh, salt? What, what what what's what's the story behind that salt? About salt? I mean, well, yeah. there's a there's a few different salt that I that I use. Um, there's some that's from Marin. I've been getting some now from the Sea of Cortez. Um, there's actually another salt that um is very interesting. It's uh it's mined out in Glendale, so it's you know when you get a mined salt instead of a rake salt, um, you know. That's pretty fascinating water that was, you know, salt that was watered two million years ago, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, and, and that purity of it. And it'd be good for smart people to get involved in that and help us figure out, you know, the, the purities of that. And, and, you know, as opposed to being raked, which I love from Trapani. I love, uh, you know, I, 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 you know the, I'm a huge, uh, the UK has been a great inspiration for me in my life. And, you know, I've, I always have some Malden salt from Essex. Uh, on hand, uh, you know. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of salt, a uh, lot of salt in uh, not in my wounds, but definitely in my in my heart for sure. But that's always been kind of a, a a a trademark of your work is that your connection to the ingredients, to you know, to each ingredient, to every ingredient that you use. There was there's always something about what, the choices that you made that were again ahead of their time. I mean, you were doing this in the back of the nineties when most people were just making pizza. You were thinking through everything. Now a lot of people are emulating that and are trying to be, you know, that thoughtful about what they're doing, which I think is a great, you know, testament to to the legacy that you've helped to bring about. And I know that you'll probably be the first to say you're not the only one that's with that message, no. but you are certainly one that a lot of people look to as an inspiration for that. And so we spent in, in the first in the first uh, segment, we talked a lot about sort of the philosophy and the buildup and everything else. But uh, a lot's happened since the launch of Bianco and the launch of, you know, sort of your acclaim. Uh, and you've moved on. I mean, one thing you alluded to in our last conversation was that you had childhood asthma. And somehow mm -hmm. that came back to bite you in the mm -hmm. butt, right? Can you talk a little bit about uh, for those who don't know that story, uh, mm. when, when, when I interviewed you, you said you make pretty much every pizza and will always be the one making the pizzas there. You had one assistant who every once in a while would get to make one, but he, he said, 
you said that was really important that you be the one to make yeah. those pizzas. And then all of a sudden and you had to ask the baton. Yeah. What happened? Well, I think, well, there's about four parts of that situation, but I think, um, you know, um, it's funny now, like you learn, the, like even when you're making flour, you know, I wasn't wearing a mask. My head was in everything. Um, you know, after years at that time, you know, I mean, I opened up in 88. I started working at Pizzeria when I was 13 after school. Um, you know, I, you know, and uh, I definitely did inhale in that, in that, in that manner. Um, and, you know, just uh, my doctor gave me the best example of that, like, and uh, to explain how it exasperated my asthma. It, it, you know, when I had to make a big change, which was if you get, you know, you put a wet hand in a sack of flour and pull it out. You know, that's ultimately what your bronchi will look like, you know. Um, and, uh, Pretty and mine, you know, and mine, you know, inside of my lungs were just kind of overwhelmed by flour. And some people thought it was smoke, but the smoke really didn't have, you know, I wasn't inhaling, you know, and I had great extraction, you know. Smoke can be an issue in, 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 in rooms that aren't properly ventilated, and, but that wasn't the case for, for me. Um, and it wasn't about eating it, it was in the inhalation of it. So it was not to be confused in that, in that way at all. So, you know, I got to a point where, um, you know, and I'll, I'll even go back and saying that, that I wanted to make every pizza. What I said, you know, earlier segment about that I always knew that I was part of a process. And what I, what I wanted to do, the more little bit of whatever outside attention I got, the more that I wanted to not let you down, you know, the more that I felt that, you know, that I owe, that, that, that I had a responsibility to understand that you mattered. Like I, I had a few rules. I never put a, any type of accolade in my wall. I never, like, I never put anything up on my, like, even on, you know, my Instagram, I won't, whatever. Like, I, it was about your discovery, about whatever I did. If I came and I sucked and I was rude and I was mean, that's, that's my, that's your reality, which is the reality. But now, now faced with, okay, well, what's left? And, you know, I was talking early in my career also about, you know, understanding um, very clearly, um, you know, um, the deal that we make and our parents make, we bring humanity into the world is uh, the skin and bone thing is a temporary game. So we better prepare for our release from it. And we better, you know, we can just, you know, you know, close the shop and, or we can build a template, you know, um, some, some place will build a temple. Well, I try to build a template, you know, to, to, to have a framework where well I, I say all the time you know dan at raza and you know obviously tony Zimiani, all these great pizza guys over the years and, and some of the young guys you know hans palm in la now doing cool things uh young guys you know women uh, uh all over the world i mean doing things where they they they've i would say if i raise the bar at all so others could dance on it you know you know they could they, you know the, that work that that to me was just you know was sensical. And even though Matt might have been the first one first to apply it to pizza, you know, I never invented a damn thing in my life. It wasn't inspired by, you know, whether it was nature or humanity, you know. Um, so I saw in the 70s, you know, Alice Waters, you know, like looking at, you know, uh, you know, local as aspects 
of, of, of food source, you know, uh, obviously in Northern California it was easier than at that time in Phoenix, even though we had, an ins you know, we have an insanely fantastic network of farmers now, you know, back when I moved out here, most of them accessible. They were huge ag um, um, and not really, you know, everything was exported, you know, or, or, or yeah. in a minimum amount of state. So I think, um, you know, changed we, over this in this in that short period of time that philosophical shift that yeah. that that took place between the nineties and the aughts. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know the the you know I'll never forget you know um, you know uh, every day I would you know I I think about um, I might have told you this already but you know and it's not in a morbid way but every day when I leave. You know, it started out just my kind of my, 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 my first sit down, you know, little pizzeria, you know, uh, well, my second one, actually, we moved once, but ever since 95, we've been down in that little red brick building. Yeah. And every time I pull out of the driveway, I try to look over my either left or right shoulder, doesn't matter, but I, I look at it like I, it's the last time I've seen it. And I want to make sure that anything maybe I need to say to it or the people that are in it that I attempt to um, either pull out and run out or now since the cell phone call or, or just make peace with it. And, yeah. you know, one day I'll be right. And one day we'll all be right in that way, yeah. you know? And, yeah, and I, I think if we, if we looked at things and, and took it from, like when I was a kid, like no one wanted to talk about, you know, death, you know, um, no one wanted to talk about life, really. They want to talk about the party, but not really they cleaning up the party, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see like in our business, it's a collective of New Year's Eve parties, but every day we're cleaning up the next day. We're rebuilding. There's always kind of, you know, we're, 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 you know, it's kind of being born again daily. Like there's no really, there's, a, there's an appreciation and a momentary celebration and gratitude for that day. But now it starts, you know, again, and we have to reprove ourselves and everybody coming through those doors. So just to kind of close on what happened in my transition of, of help was I just had to make a point to, um, and now at 58 years old, getting married late in life. I have three small children. You know, I realized that, and, and the one thing I'll say to any young chef that talks to him, I'll talk about, um, you know, do as I say, not as I did, or even whatever path you're on, it's yeah. not a path to emulate. You know, I, yeah. I've done some things and I was very blessed and very fortunate. But other things were really because I, I had no place else to go. Uh -huh. You know, and you know, like I, I, I needed that. And I still need to jump in front of the oven. I need to bake things and I love it. I have a love for it. But there was a huge time in my life where like I was so, you know, overwhelmed, I would say. Like, you know, whatever type of attention I got. Like, you know, it was, um, I remember in, I think it was 98 when Michelle Scaloni wrote in her pizza book and she picked this as her favorite United States. Everybody was like, well, you know, and I, and again, grateful, humbled. I never believed in a singular best, you know, kind of a little bit like heaven. It's not an Island. You know, we hope to get there with the other great, you know, people that yeah. practice the same thing. That's why I see my work. Yeah. It's not singular, but I'd like to be invited to that party of yeah. people that have brought good things to the table, you know, throughout, throughout history, you know, yeah. And uh, so in my transition of what do I do now, you know, you know, is, is, 
it's a little bit like, you know, uh, you're a young baseball player, you throw 100 miles an hour. All of a sudden, you're a crafty left-hander, you're throwing 75. Thinking about, I'm going to have to either have to buy the team, be a third base coach, a pitching coach, a scout, yeah. retire on my pension. What, what's my role? And, and then the question I think is personal, um, how do I affect the game to its greatest and to its greatest good? Because that will always be my greatest good. And I think me affecting my game or my greatest good was, was looking at first at what makes good things good, which is my life's work. What makes good anything good, pizza is only as good as, you know, the, like, like putting pizza in the oven, like, like I could teach a robot, we're seeing now there's robots that can shape and bake, you know, the, yeah. you know, from rain down is where we make pizza, you know, that's where uh, it makes pizza, you know, and, and in the, in the farmers as we prepare, you know, the soil. And as we talk, like in, when we plant tomatoes, when we talk about, you know, crop rotation, and it was hard red spring wheat last year, but that made it, you know, made the soil passive enough that it could, you know, the rooting systems could receive all the earth had to give it. So there was a lot of things like haunting me, which was, was I a problem of making America sick or the world sick by not worrying about nutrition when I was a younger chef? I, I, I knew about organic. I knew about good things on a surface level, but, you know, Every day was a, a kind of a revelation of, you know, you know, where was, like, how and why did childhood asthma come into place, you know, yeah. or what, what, you know, we know a lot of things about it now, you know, um, a lot more things about it now. A lot of it just linked to, um, you know, in inner cities and our inability to be able to give um, uh, children uh, uh, that don't have the economic means proper care or um, diagnosis. But there's other things, you know, childhood obesity and, and, and all types of issues that exasperate asthma, as, you know, as we see the arc of when it affects children, usually about four or five years old, which when, it, when I got it when I was five, when you first go to school, when you're exposed to certain things. Now, now again, very long story short, when I'm, when I'm faced with what am I going to do, be a third base coach, well, I already own the team, you know? Which, yeah. when I grew up, the pizza guy rarely owned the pizzeria, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think as I've researched in my own research, and we go back to, uh, and you probably know this history better than me, but even looking at, like, you know, the original Lombardi's and all these the pizzerias where I grew up, they're iconic. You know, a lot of times, you know, the, the, the pizza guy went to open the, their own place and the owner owned the pizzeria. Right. I think there's a famous picture of one had the flowers on their shoes and one didn't, and, I forgot how that worked out, but, but, yeah. And we all, we all, yeah. And we all, you know, I pay homage to all those great people before us and all those great pizzeria, especially in New York where, where I grew up, you know? Um, but I had to find my place, which was, I did make a template. There was my life's work. And now the continuum of that is, you know, does the, is it the is it the the general manager of the you know the Lakers, or is it Jerry West? Uh, you know, now I think he's the Clippers, whatever. But you know, who shapes that? Who's the archetype? Yeah, for, yeah. For, you know that. And so what I do, whether it's in my restaurant, Trado, I'm an amazing young chef. Cassie Shortino is fantastic. You know, what I try to do is illuminate what's already great about her. You know, I, I you know sometimes 
you know, restraints, staying out of the way, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, hopefully mentoring in a place that's specific for that individual. We all need different type of, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, temperatures, you know, um, when we bake bread, you know, or, or make a slice of toast, um, we need, we need appropriation and we need language. Sometimes my language can be inappropriate for my kids. So uh, uh, I got, I got to temper that. But, um, but how I, I, it was the most difficult struggle in my life, which was that transition from like, like when I, when I went to work, you know, in the doors, the sign flipped at five o'clock before we went for lunch, you know, like I would pretty much black out almost to, to try to get to almost a, you know, like it was me and one of me, you were there. I mean, it was me and one guy, you know, he did salads and helped me shape. And, you know, we do, I don't know, 300 pizzas from five o'clock till one in the morning, you know, yeah. 320 pieces in a little oven. And, and for me to do that, you know, I had to kind of go to a place of, 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 you know, I'd look in the oven. If I still look in the oven, the, hip, the hypnotic nature and the peace that I find in that fire, mm-hmm. you know, in that very kind of, uh, it's it, it, something that I still want to peek into, but I know I can't get lost in it anymore. Well, you know, still, like, using that analogy that you were using, the, the athletic analogy, like I think of, that made me think of someone like Larry Bird, who was a phenomenal basketball yeah. player, but then, you know, age happens, and all of a sudden he had to reinvent himself, and he became a great coach, and then he became a great uh, general manager, mm-hmm. and, and eventually will probably own a team. Um, you now had to make that, you were forced to make that transition. Right. Uh, maybe, you prior, uh, maybe the schedule got moved up faster than you thought it would happen. But then you made it. So, what are some of the what are the what are these next waves of of the legacy that you're creating from this template? What are some of the projects, for instance, that you're working on? Yeah, uh, one thing you mentioned already, mentoring the next generation. I think that we're seeing that a lot of the people that are that we've been talking to on Pizza Talk are people who have gotten to that point in their career where they feel that their next act in their life is to mentor the next generation. We call them the uh, Council of Pizza Yodis. <laughs> You know, and we and we and we try to get them on here as often as possible, uh, and you and you're doing that. But you're also, you know, have a hand in a number of new product uh, innovation ideas. What are some of those that you could share with the people who are watching? Well, product-wise, you know, like I mean, over the years I've had a lot of opportunity to slap my name on things, and I was never part of that. You know, not to any judgment, but I never want to put my name on something, but I want to put my heart in something. And if something grows from that, like, you know, um, you know, I know you talked to my partner, my tomato partner, Rob, who's a brother. Yeah, yeah no, we have Rob brother. on, yeah. And he's uh, just one of the great humans on this planet who really cares that, you know, um, that, you know, generational family in California that comes from Italy and wants to, you know, that sees that the soil, the earth is good, yeah. you know, and, and, and now we can plant this fruit to, to, to feed people. Um, and when he came to see me, you know, and very, that very long story short is, you know, his tomatoes were great. Um, but they, they weren't organic. They were maybe the viscosity of the pack was a little bit thicker than I liked. Um, uh, maybe, um, they were a little firmer than I liked as well through process, which, which during the day, you know, and to appreciate that a lot of the, like old timers, that would be important to make it look like a fresh tomato coming out 
which is still important. And, and you know, whatever I wanted to be, I wanted to, us to study where could we, like, for our part of the world where we were from, just like the wine industry, like having great respect for San Marzano, and I love those tomatoes, and you know, I love Italy, and but just like like with wine, is Loire Valley or Willamette Valley, you know, you know, Sac Valley, you know, for tomatoes or or, or San Marzano or where they were discovered in Chiapas, Mexico, or in Chile, you know, you know, uh, year, you know, millenniums ago. So, so my role in any of this is again that study of what makes good things good. You know, probably some of my biggest work and most uh, um, rewarding work is on the tomato side because it keeps me connected to so many young, well, young and older you know, chefs around the country. Even like, yeah. I will say this about these tomatoes where kind of like our, in our last segment, we talked about that, you know, pizza dough is bread dough. Well, well, you know, pizza tomatoes are, you know, Bloody Mary tomatoes or, or salsa tomatoes or, uh, you know, for, you know, for uh, your shashuka, whatever, whatever you want to make with tomatoes, like, you know, like it's that, they're all invited to that party. So I think, you know, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, in your opinion then, what is it about a good tomato that makes it a good tomato? What was it that you were looking for to, to determine that and it was good in, in, in terms of your vision of what a good tomato should be? Well, I think, I, think, I think it started out with, you know, just like I would say whether it's a rumor or a tomato, consider the source, you know? Um, be handy again in our political systems right now. But 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 digging into that source of you know back in the day you know you know people send you a price list and it's in a sample and you know and rob could tell you that story better but i'm not really interested in, in, in the price list eventually i will be i mean it's got to be economically viable but it doesn't really matter yeah. if it comes from a, an un, you know a, a place of uh, ill repute or, or or a place of uh negligence to our well, earth or to the community. So I had to, um, you know, even though, like I said, I respected Rob's tomatoes yeah. and, and they were great. What I was looking for more was on the, as an end user, I noticed over the years, you know, if I didn't um, kind of drain off some of the, 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 the pack, the water pack, um, like in some of the tomatoes that I, that I would, was using, um, to really get the yield that I needed, um, I wouldn't be able to get the viscosity of the pack. So what, what you know, there was, you know, somewhat in water juice. And when you, like, to make my tomatoes, it was real simple. I dump out a can. I, I put a glove on, well, you know, and I just squish them up yep. until I get to that place. And even, even all the pizzas we do today, we still do them all by hand. Because it didn't take that much. And we make it daily. It's not something I want. I want it to be bright enough. So from a flavor profile. So what I'm looking for a tomato is first of all, I'm looking at the, the you know, um, so uh, you know, one of our farmers, Scott Parks, um, told me a great story about about tomatoes, and it's something that I I tell all the time. I might have said already. I apologize, but you know, I asked him. Uh, he's been farming in Sacramento, uh, Sac Valley, actually in Meridian, California, Yolo Town. Uh, mortar there um, since you know the, the late 70s and 
he said he was going to UC, you know, a student at UC Davis and he graduated, he was working for a big ad company. And I asked him, well, what, what, what was, you know, what was that, you know, motivation to, to go organic, you know, especially in the, in the early eighties. Yeah. And he said, Hey man, I just stopped getting stung by bees and I stopped seeing worms. There was nothing else I needed to know. There was no other statistics. Interesting. Very that I needed to understand. And I tell you that to me, when I put my hand to squish a tomato is something I think about all the time is those who, those yeah. whose hands are, are in it might have some context. You know, when something uh -huh. is different and something has changed, we need to dive into that, you know? Well, I, have a, I have an idea. Uh, we'd love to have you come back and be, with Rob and come on together and, and, and really dive in, spend a whole, a whole show just talking about the sort of the way you two guys kind of came up with what ended up becoming good. the Bianco Di Napoli tomato product. Yeah. So we'll set that up for another another session. Cool. And uh, but before we run out of time today, uh, mm -hmm. uh, if just maybe just very briefly, just uh, talk about some of the other products. Because I, I, I along the way I heard you were doing something with cheese. You were doing something with wheat. Uh, are there well, other the, products that are yeah, like I mean, that that you're that you're Involved in. uh, on, the, on the cheese side, you know, it's more in support of people that are using, you know, good things. I got some calls, some, some, some cheese makers uh, that, um, uh, you know, we're trying to, um, trying to help, you know, as much as we can. Um, find out what we need. You know, it's like part of, like, for instance, like in Arizona, you know, we don't have really any dairy industry that isn't a part of, um, you know, the union, the, the, you know, it, it's, 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 it's not like, let's say like California, but there's a lot of independent dairies that are just making, you know, uh, they're able to make like, uh, like double eight in Sonoma, making amazing, you know, double uh, eight dairy uh, in Sonoma County, they're doing amazing. Um, uh, I think Johnny Darsky's using um, uh, their cheese from Pizza del Popolo, Johnny's, uh, a great guy and a great pizzeria and a great man. Um, but uh, there's a lot of small cheesemakers making big commitments. And then, and then you know, there's, there's larger companies that are kicking tires on what we can do to save that industry. Um, most of my focus now on, on grains, um, uh, you know, Kevin Morse from Karen Spring Mills, a dear friend of mine. Um, we use a lot of their, 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 their grain. Um, you know, uh, Hayden Flowers from here locally too. Um, but the next part of grain, you know, Anson Mills, where I get Carolina gold rice from, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm ever in Texas, you know, it's always, you know, uh, um, James Bound at, at Barton Springs Mill, uh, who's unbelievable, uh, Miller and connected to those great farmers. So what I do is, um, like I'm working with Kevin, let's just say now, right now I'm on working with some other growers um, here in the Southwest and here uh, in, up in Skagit Valley, where, you know, going to the, you know, getting was up to the, you know, the, uh, the grain gathering, uh, you know, the bread lab and, uh, yeah, you okay. know, uh, talking to smart people and okay. Stephen Jones, all these people that, you know, forgot more about, I mean, I, I can tell you yeah. kind of what I think is delicious or what works well, but, but I think it's important that smart people can tell us where things will grow well, what our yields will be, what are the, the, the you know, the economic 
impact to communities in that way and an environmental impact to our communities in that way. Like, you know, uh, you know, there's a very narrow, you know, in malting, for instance, there's a very narrow amount of grains that are malted, you know, um, that's not my expertise, but the way he's explaining to me was a lot of those parameters of, of, of the narrowness came from maybe those that made laws and invested in certain commodity grains. Yeah. So that could be affected to, to bottom lines. You know, smart people can help me out on that. But, but, well, but so, so knowing what's best more yeah. than what's just, you know, we can grow a crap load of. And, you know, I don't know anybody that makes a lot of money doing great, you know, doing really, you know, great work. I know I'm, I'm still working hard um, to, to do things that matter, you know. And that's, and, I think, really the bottom line of this is, is wanting to make a contribution to making the world a better place, leaving it better than we found it uh, by amen. where we are, where we're planted. You're, you're doing it. You mentioned uh, Anton Mills and Glenn Roberts uh, spoke at a conference that I put on in Wales. And, and he's a brilliant guy. And he talks about this, uh, I think, is going to get hopefully more and more of an impact is the idea of polycrop farming where you can grow numbers of things together, harvest them together, and make right. a kind of a unique blend of flour. And we've, we've made some extraordinary breads using his polycrop flour. But, yeah. I mean, we could go on and on. And what we need to do is sort of get you back, because we're running out of time for this this segment. Uh, but you I'd know love we're to get fine, you back brother. for you know uh, another one you and Rob, and we'll just keep going. What's that? I'm sorry to hear that. I'm using fine. You know that. You know where to we're get both. me. Right now, yes, there there are times when it's hard to, to know whether you're in LA, whether you're here, whether you're there. Yeah. But we want, next time we get you back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other uh, you know restaurant projects you're doing, uh, and explore. I think I really would like to spend a whole session just exploring the idea of what makes good good, and and uh, because hey, that's, that's a party I want to be invited to. Your, I'm ready. That's my big takeaway from today is that whole notion of what is it that makes good good. And, uh, yeah, we'll make and so I want to thank well, you, Chris, for being, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for, to, uh, for, for inspire a lot of people on that quest, on that search well, for, for doing, doing good and making good. Uh, and, uh, you know, really appreciate you spending as much time as you have with us today. So well, thank you. My, we're going to get my, you back uh, for sure. Because this is a conversation that will never end. Yeah, well, my, my, uh, <laughs> we can my, talk for hours. Whatever I was fortunate enough to inspire others is only a reflection of the inspiration I received from a lot of different mediums, you know, in, 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 our, in our world and in my life. And uh, um, I try to pay them homage every day. And yeah. uh, anyway, um, let's uh, hope the next time we meet the world's in a kinder place. And uh, God bless you and your family and everybody watching. Uh, Thank you. Um, you as well. And yeah. Let's give my best to Marco and, and to your whole family. Uh, and, you too, brother. And, uh, and tell you what, I will definitely favor some salt. I got some salt for your wife, for sure. I'll tell her. I'm going to tell her that you promised her some salt. She'll, she'll be we got thrilled. It. We got it. Uh, Maybe some pepper, so too. Until we'll the next time. <laughs> Maybe Thank salt you. and pepper. Some chiltepine. I forgot for her. Some Sonora. If you send it, she's going to be in love with it. All right. Thank that's you. A deal. Uh, Peace, brother. Chris Bianco, thanks for being with us on Pizza Talk. Thank you, Thank you all for, for being with us today. And join us again for the next segment of Pizza Talk. Chris, peace. See you soon. Pizza Quest with Peter Reinhardt is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org 
slash subscribe.